about we start with the fact that I have been wondering for the last 10 hours if you're going to acknowledge what happened last night, but you're you, so of course you're not. I'm not gonna acknowledge it because nothing happened last night. Why? And don't tell me I know why. Because it would have been a mistake and you know it. What I know is something happened. And you ran away, but not before you told me you love me. I did that because I wanted to make you feel better. What did you just say to me? N that's not what I meant. I didn't say because that to- Because you pity me? Yeah, you no, did. No, I said it because I love you and I wanted you to know it. Love me how? Why does that have to come Love me how? That's what I thought. You either can't answer or you won't, which is bullshit, because obviously you don't just look at me this way. You're capable of looking at me that way, but you don't want to let those worlds collide because you're afraid to risk anything. Because we have everything. No, Harvey, you have everything. So you're saying you want everything? I don't know, Harvey. But what I do know is I don't want your pity. Suits, season four, episode 16 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about not just a pretty face, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with the guy who never sadly got hit on by the late, great Abe Vigoda. It's Chappelle. Rob, I don't know who that is. Yes. Uh, who is Abe Vigoda? Like the go-to joke for, like, old guy. Like, old he guy. was... Like he seemed like an old guy, like in the seventies, and for, oh, so he's been old his whole life. He's been old his whole life. Yeah. Okay, but, I'm googling Abe Vigoda right now. Yes. Oh, okay, I don't know this gentleman, but uh, he does look like he was old for a very long time. He died at the ripe old age of ninety four, though, so he lived yeah. a long life. Yeah, but I think from the time that he was like in his fifties, I think he was like like a go to joke for an old guy. Yeah, and he's also looks like he's a, a New York legend, and so probably it's mm -hmm. like a, like a regional joke because I've never heard of this man before in my life. Yes, Conan used to talk about Abe Vigoda all the time. So, yes, and he hit on the late great Norma here, and uh, he is no longer with us, and neither is season four of Suits. Uh, that we are here at the season four finale, and this was an episode that was uh, literally and figuratively a little uh, like bouncing all over the place here. We brought Charles Forsman back into this. Uh, we were flashing back. Uh, I was surprised because I feel like that the second time in what four episodes that uh, we have a flashback mm -hmm. episode. Then also we had the proposal of uh, Mike to Rachel. Norma passed away. Donna is leaving Harvey to go be Lewis's secretary. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of going loss on. in this episode. A lot of loss. The loss of Norma, the loss of Abe Bogota. And we also meet Marcus, Harvey's brother, who we just talked about not too long ago. The actor, uh, Billy Miller, has recently passed away as well. So a lot of synergy here as we close the end of season four. Um, Rob, I don't really know where to start. There's so much here. But so I mean, much? I, Charles I, Forsman I, going I, to jail? Yeah, and then he's like, uh, "Harvey, I, I I vow to get you." You know, you know, he's gonna he's gonna come back for him. He's like, uh, "You'll rule the day, Harvey. Rule, 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 rule." And so, um, I I guess I I really I, I struggle with not just starting with the Donna of it all. Okay, Rob, Donna is officially quitting working for Harvey to go work for Lewis. Lee. Not quitting. She's leaving. Yeah, she's, she's just leaving. Going to go she's work with Lewis. Well, you and I talked about how that. Would you want Harvey or Lewis representing you if you were in Donna's position in the last episode? And I think mm -hmm. that what we sort of discovered is I think you would rather have Harvey be your lawyer, but I think you would rather have Lewis be your boss. 
I, I, it's, I struggle with that so much, though, because, yeah, I think Harvey is leaps and bounds better lawyer than, than Lewis at this point. Just Lewis has just been bumbling and messing up all season. He's been awful. But as a boss, he's probably a little bit more compassionate when it comes to Donna. He also, him and Donna, like they said, they speak a lot of the same languages. They both talk, they both like guns and theater. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think combo. they bonded. Right, right. You know, classic. Tell us all the time. But I think that, yeah, they both bonded over... Uh, you know, those things outside of work. And so they they kind of bring a friendship into their their work, into their work-boss relationship if they're going to have one. Whereas Donna and Harvey, in a way, they bring baggage into their relationship. You know, like they started off as secretary and, you know, an assistant district attorney or whatever Harvey's role was when they first met. But then now you know, we know that they have done the thing, right? They, you, if you if you do the thing, you can never come back from it. Well, we know Harvey and Donna have had sex and they can seemingly never come back from it. So I think their work relationship is probably laced with a little baggage from that one moment that they had, that fateful night when they were not going to be working together. Um, so maybe that is why this seems like an attractive offer for Donna. But we also know that Harvey's not the most in touch with his feelings and the L word is getting thrown around a lot these days, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that, in some way for Donna that this is like a means to an end of that. If I'm not working with Harvey, Harvey and I can pursue that other thing that they did once upon a time attempt to pursue when they were not working together. I could see that. Or I could see this is just a way for Donna to stand the hell up. I think that at some point, you know, she's like, could it be both? Right, right, exactly. It's like, I can't keep pining for you if I am and I can't, and working for you and then getting my feelings hurt whenever you tell me something that is like emotionally attached to our friendship or our personal relationship, but, or if it overlaps into my work relationship. Donna has made some really reckless moves behind Harvey. We've seen her uh, bury evidence, destroy evidence, and even, you know, go and uh, impersonate a federal employee all to either impress Harvey or to save Harvey or to whatever the case may be to help Harvey. And it's like, yeah, maybe if she moved herself out of that realm, she wouldn't be so uh, eager to make such wild swings at things. Maybe with Lewis, she'd be more reserved in those things because it doesn't seem like uh, the blurring of the line between her friendship with Harvey or whatever personal relationship they do have and work is helping her at all. Like it almost got her landed in jail probably twice to this point. Kind of wild that, we see Donna go to Norma's service and Lewis is going through Norma. I hate you. I hate your mustache. You abandoned me. You left me. And she's like, that's my guy. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that old battle ax Norma, the, 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 the term battle ax Rob, mm-hmm. what was it about? You know, like the light, the nineties, I think even the, like the eighties sitcoms, nineties, maybe two thousands early. I think, it's probably gone now, but a lot of people were referring to their wives or women in their lives as like medieval weaponry, mm-hmm. you know, like old battle ball axe, and chain. Old ball and yeah. chain. Yeah. What what is this about? Uh crossbow? You know, yeah. like what do you why why are you naming uh, people this? So a battle axe that uh, in my quick research here, uh it the meaning is uh that somebody is very difficult and unpleasant because her fierce and determined attitude. And I think that maybe like the like speaking to like the qualities of that weapon. Ball and chain is different while I feel like that you could be using a ball and chain as like a, like a mace. Uh, but I think it's sort of like literally like okay, it's binding me down. The ball 
ball and the chain. It was like holding me back. I think it's probably a little bit more in like the context of like when you'd see like in like cartoons, like that uh, they put like a prisoner who's in like the mm. like striped outfit, like attached to like a ball and chain. I think that's a little bit more of a different definition, but yeah, I guess I, I would have loved to have gotten Norma maybe in one of these flashback episodes, but it doesn't seem like that we're ever going to get her. You know, the, after like the fourth or fifth time we heard about her and didn't see her, I uh, said, uh, maybe we're never going to see Norma. And unfortunately, it seems like that's the case. Yeah, I think they've been setting us up for her death as well uh, with her disappearing to go help her sister. Also with her, um, you know, we find out that she's, you know, very, very old. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I think mummified Jessica remains. Mummified. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so at that point, I was like, okay, we're probably not going to ever meet Norma. And if we do, it's going to be in a situation like this. Uh, but yes, Donna saw that from Lewis and thought, you know, Lewis really, really cares about Norma. He just has a hard time expressing it. Uh, and she does help him with that throughout this episode. But after the memorial, Lewis is the one to come over to Donna and just be like, Harvey doesn't know what he has. Like, he doesn't get it. And he's just like, you know, like, I, you could tell Lewis would give anything for Donna to be his secretary. Even the fact that Lewis is willing to ask Donna, I thought took a lot of gall. You know, like, uh, you know, Donna is ride or die for Harvey, literally mm -hmm. and probably figuratively as well, uh, I guess. It, it does look like she's jumping ship now. But for the most part, we've never seen Donna not be loyal to Harvey. So for Lewis to even fix his lips to be like, Donna, please come work for me just, just this once. What does that even look like as, like, from Harvey's point of view? This is the same Lewis who's been begging for friendship and partnership and all this other stuff. And you want to go poach my secretary? Yeah. And it's not just any secretary. It's Donna, Rob. There's no way this goes over well. Remember when he had all those, like, scab Donnas when Donna got fired back in season two? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. He did not care about those people. Harvey was just like, who are you? What are you doing? And Donna just ran them off. But what does Lewis think Har uh, Harvey's going to say if he goes and asks Donna to, to jump ship? Yeah, you would think that no Lewis way. would like ask Harvey first. Please and thank you. Like, mm -hmm. Harvey, I'm down bad. Norma's gone. I don't know what to do. I just became senior partner. Please let me use Donna. Now, we know Harvey's going to say no, but at least run it past him. But this like, Donna, please. Mm -hmm. Harvey doesn't know what he has. Come to me. Like, what does work look like the next day when Donna goes to work for Lewis? Do you think Harvey's going to take that well? No, he's not going to take that <laughs> well. Um, I want to ask you about, did Harvey fumble the bag when that we see that one conversation where Donna comes back in and is like, hey, you, you, we're not going to talk about this? You said you love me last night? What was up with that? And he's kind of like, uh, I just said it, you know, you seem like you, yeah. like you needed me to say it to make you feel better. She's like, you pitied me. Mm -hmm. you, and, I, and I was like, Ooh, oof, Harvey, what are you doing? Um, yeah, this is not good. This is not good. Harvey does not do personal connections with people. He does not say the L word, but he did. And he tries to tell Donna, well, it was going to make you feel better. And that is, yeah, when Donna is, lo she's lost it at that point. Cause she's like, excuse me, sir. You act as though like, I need you to do this so I can go on with my life when it's so easy for Harvey to just acknowledge that him and Donna, they got a little thing going on, you know? Uh, and she says, you know, Harvey, you love me, but in what way? Like, explain quickly. And Harvey has nothing. He's just like, well, well you know, like, I, I love you, you know, kind of just like mm -hmm. love. But 
it's very clear that there's something else going on here, Rob. She even says, like, you're afraid. You're afraid because then, you know, there's a possibility that you could, like, we could go out on a limb and we can never come back from it. And Harvey's like, yeah, because we got everything that we want. She's like, no, Harvey, you have everything. It's like, well, Donna, what is it that you want? Do you want to work for Harvey? Do you want to work for Harvey and be the love of his life? Like, she's not really expressing what her feelings are in this moment either. Mm -hmm. What do you think she wants? I think she's in love with Harvey, and I think everyone knows it. And I think they've, they've called her out on the stand, you know, if, you know, when she was doing the mock trial and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she's gone above and beyond to prove how much she loves this man by burying evidence for him, potentially going to jail for him this time as well. Um, and I think that he knows that. I think that she knows it. And I think neither one of them are adult enough to say yeah. the words because then you leave yourself high, out like on a limb, hoping that one the other person feels the exact same way or is willing to act on it. Um, but I don't think Donna's going to say it. And I think Harvey messed up. I mean, technically she says it in this episode that she loves him before walking off and going to work for Lewis. So you know, It's interesting, you know, how um, this relationship may be and parallel some of the other suits relationships that I, I would love to hear your thoughts on in any way. Do you feel like that this is a parallel between what we just saw play out with Jessica and Jeff Malone, where that, Jeff Malone, when he finds out, okay, you're not being upfront with me, I found out, I have to leave. And because we can't do the professional thing, then we can't do the romantic thing either. So I'm out on all fronts. And it seems like that with Harvey and with Donna, you know, it seemed like that we sort of like dangled the romantic thing a little bit and just like dangling that romantic thing ended up causing there to be a complete break on the professional thing. Yeah, um, she knows that going to work for someone you don't you you're in love with is probably not the best thing in the world because then you get those those lines blurred. Jeff Malone is dumb and he wanted to work for somebody that he, he was in love with. Like, Sir, go what? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Jessica told him it was a bad idea. Look, come to find out, it's a bad idea. And so Donna is probably just more annoyed that she has to watch Harvey walk around and act like nothing happened. Like like he's saying, nothing did happen. It's like, no, you know what the hell happened. You're like, I got to leave because you know what will happen if I don't leave and it can't ever happen. It's like, okay, that the absence of that happening was still an occurrence. And mm-hmm. so she's like, no, don't walk around here, act like you don't know what's going on and that you pity me. And so you tell me you love me every now and then. Yeah, in order to eliminate all of that, it's probably best that she doesn't work for Harvey anymore. Um, But she's still going to be working at the same place. I mean, he is named partner, so she's technically still working for him too. Um, It's it's a weird move, but I do think Harvey is fumbling. I think that at this point, he should be saying, well, Donna, if you want to make a run at this, you have to quit. Or vice versa. Or Donna, you cannot. We cannot make a run of this when you're working here because I don't need you going and stealing. Can they files make a run at it when she's Lewis's secretary? I just don't think so. I think they still work. She still works for him in a way. They're still name partner, like a name partner mm-hmm. sleeping with uh, someone's secretary. Probably again, where's HR? It's probably at the very least frowned upon. Um, so I, I think that they probably have to sever ties. My issue here is more with uh, the Donna like Lewis interaction. It's just like. Yeah, you could go work for anybody else, but going to work for Lewis does feel like a personal slight against Harvey. You know, mm-hmm. Harvey does not look at Lewis as somebody who is on his level as far as lawyering and all this other stuff. He also knows that Lewis is like pining for Donna as a secretary. And in some ways it feels like potentially more. Like I I'm always like looking at Lewis. He kissed Donna on the cheek and stuff. Like y'all getting a little touchy-feely here in the office place. Um, but yeah, I think that 
this is going to make Harvey jealous. And I don't know if that is what Donna's uh, intent is, but it might be the result of it regardless. And I don't think at that point the intent matters. I don't know if necessarily that she's trying to make Harvey jealous. Like, I feel like she really wants out. Just the way that she was looking at Lewis as a viable alternative to represent her when we had in the last episode when she was sort of like watching where uh, that Harvey was going back and forth with the DA and she seemed to be honestly like contemplating uh, that she wanted Lewis to represent her and then even telling Harvey that she wanted Lewis to represent her. So it seems like this is something that has been on her mind for a little bit. And I, I just feel like I wonder if Harvey like maybe threw out the I love you to Donna as a way to sort of like say like, uh, I mean, can you believe you were really thinking about going to, off with Lewis? Like, well, think about what like what we have. And yeah. just kind of like threw that meatball out there. Yeah. But if Lewis says, I love you, Donna, she does not look at it the same way that HR. Harvey says, I love yeah. you, Donna. Right, right. <laughs> when Harvey says it, it's love. When Lewis says it, it's harassment. Mm -hmm. No, I think that seriously, like she probably looks at it as Lewis is more like a, a very platonic, you know, like they have a really deep friendship. Um, but with Harvey, there's just a little bit more laced on that. And so, yeah, maybe yeah. she has been looking at Lewis as an out. Well, that's, I think, one of the things that these relationships that uh, on suits that are working or not working are exploring where, you know, for Donna, like she rejects this relationship of like, hey, Harvey, you're here and I'm here and that's not working for me anymore. Jeff Malone and Jessica, you know, Jessica's here. Jeff's here. It's like, OK, I'm I can't handle that. I think it's also interesting to bring in the Mike and Rachel of it all here, where Rachel is really feeling like, hey, I was doing Mike's job. Things were fine. Mike came back. I'm really feeling like Mike is up here in Harvey's eyes and I'm down here. And we've seen over the last two episodes where really like Mike and Rachel have had to like work together. And in this episode, we kind of got to see Rachel get the better of not, not the at Mike's expense, but she was the mm -hmm. person who really was uh, probably the more of the MVP, maybe in play for a Liddy. We'll see. Oh, mm -hmm. she's engaged to Mike Ross, so maybe not. Maybe and not. Maybe not. She was the one in Harvey's eyes where, you know, Harvey identifies like, hey, how come, you know, you're here and Mike's not? Is it because it was your idea? And she's like, oh, pretty much. Um, and so as of right now, the couple that is working best together is the couple that is a little bit more of equals in Mike and Rachel. It's almost like that's why people frown upon workplace relationships between bosses and employees. Mm -hmm. Like, this is exactly why. This this is why, you know, chain of command and hierarchy and social hierarchies, but as, as well as professional hierarchies, really throw off the way you're able to interact with somebody. Rachel and Mike decided in this episode, they're going to move as a unit. So whatever Harvey told Mike personally, um, Rachel is privy to that, that information. And if it has to do with work, Rachel's privy to that information. They're both Harvey's associate. Um, it's just that Harvey has forgotten about Rachel because Mike is back, his fave. And so in this episode, Rachel identifies it like, look, if I'm going to be in, getting respect from Harvey, I got to make some moves by myself. But that does not mean that she does not include Mike in making those decisions. Uh, and so they've been talking. They put their heads together. They bring the solution to Harvey. And it does pay off. He looks at Rachel. He gives her like the good job, Rachel. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's very important to show that these two people are moving in lockstep. There's mm -hmm. not a secret between them right now. You know, Harvey's secret about Marcus comes out immediately because uh, Mike tells Rachel and he says he can't expect me not to tell you things. And that's why in this episode we get 
a moment where Mike Ross decides to get down on one knee and propose to Rachel Zane. Rob, we're here. They're we're here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this kind of came up on us fast, but I think we were both feeling that it was probably inevitable. I mean, it was only but five episodes ago, six episodes ago. I mean, yeah. uh, how far back season. into, yeah. uh, you know, in the last couple of months that, you know, um, Mike was moving out. Uh, but, you know, by this episode, you know, we're completely, we're all the way back as Mike and Rachel are engaged. So was it, um, I think that like, it. this was like prior to, I think they had settled their differences by the time, like we got into everything that was going on with Lewis. So, uh, this is probably back, like maybe like seven or eight episodes ago. Yeah, I want to say this was around like uh like season six. I mean, I'm see, I'm sorry, season four, episode six or or seven or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, from there, uh, yeah, from there, I think it we move on. So like yeah, yeah. season like episode eight, I think is probably the last time we really talk about Logan. Right. Um, I mean, so episode it's been about seven was called "We're Done." Yeah, and then. Yeah, and then eight is when Rachel's like working back in her own like her her like redemption arc, right? Like, Mike, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I want to say that it's been a while, but it hasn't been that long. I think that for me, Mike Ross should probably wait a little bit longer, you know, just uh really mm -hmm. explore that Logan thing. Cause if Logan comes back, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, because we don't know why she did it the first time. But you know, aside from that, they've been in lockstep. They seem to be doing well. We haven't gotten a lot of visibility for Rachel lately when it comes to her relationship with Mike, same thing with Mike. So that's a good thing, right? They just, they haven't been giving them a lot of drama. And so that means there's been, you know, some peace and they can potentially go ahead and propose and make this thing happen. Now also, you know, we saw that they were at Norma's memorial and Lewis was talking about seizing the moment and not letting your loved ones pass you by because Norma always talked about how, you know, she always regretted turning down that eight pagoda. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, Mike doesn't want to let... She was hot. She was, but, but she was, you know. And so I think that Mike is like, yeah, I got to lock Rachel down before she gets hot or mm -hmm. before she's not hot no more, I guess. And then also we saw Eric Woodall talking about his wife and that his first wife was 55 with early onset Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And so life is just so short. And so yeah. I think that was one of the things that made Mike really want to take the plunge here. And, you know, I think at this point we can, we can officially say like, this is, this is the relationship that's going to like probably define the rest of the, the series. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the stuff that was going on with Harvey in the flashback. I, I really, I was so surprised that we were doing uh, flashbacks in this episode. That did that throw you off that we had another flashback episode so quick, uh, so recently after the last flashback episode, which was not even before the midseason break. I, it wasn't the the speed of the flashback to me. It was more about what they flashback to. So they go back and show us. I mean, it was uh, two. It was episode thirteen was the last flashback episode. So we had two flashback episodes in uh, four episodes. The way I was looking at this was we needed to see what happens after Harvey and Donna say, you know, have it, after Harvey says, I love you. Because I'm thinking Donna's still going to have to deal with some type of legal battle because of what happened, right? Like this obstruction of justice is just going to go away. So for them choosing to do a flashback while I'm still trying to make sure that the Evan Smith storyline is is tied up and uh, mm -hmm. DA No, Wolf we're done with the trains, Donna, yeah. Right. I'm like, wait, really? We're just, that's it? It's over? And so I wasn't expecting that to happen. Now, Seeing that they flash back to how Donna met Harvey, I'm like, that's fine. But 
I wanted more about like their relationship and not just the origin story. Cause it did show, you know, the, the seeds of Donna has wanted to work for Harvey. She went and sought him out. She kind of stalked him a little bit. Uh, and then she started instantly Donnaing him. She was giving him advice and telling him, you know, and uh, fixing his schedule and, and fixing his coffee the way he, he didn't even know he liked it yet. So she's been Donna since day one. She came in fully formed, uh, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really hit the way I would like for it to hit because I think this was more about the Eric Forsman. I'm sorry, the Eric Roberts of it all, the Charles Forsman of it all, uh, because uh, we see that this is how hard we have and Eric Forsman. Woodall and Eric Roberts. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. problem. So the Eric's and the enforcement or whatever. So yeah, we get a lot of that backstory between how Harvey and Marcus and enforcement all came to play. And I think that's what they use this uh, flashback for. And I think it probably could have been used a little bit better. I just think that maybe like Eric Roberts was signed for season four of Suits. And maybe it's like, okay, well, we got to bring him back and we got to deal with Charles Forsman. Well, how do we do this? And then maybe they wanted to like tie this into the meeting Donna storyline. But it just felt a little like shoehorned in going back to uh, Charles Forsman here. Yeah, because I had forgotten about that case. I mean, we, we see Sean Cahill here. And I was thinking, why? You know, what, what does Sean Cahill have to do with any of this? And he shows up like, hey, remember that money? I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, the money. The money that y'all told me that uh, Forceman had given uh, Woodall. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that episode a few episodes ago. What's yeah. up? It's like, Yeah, it's like, I need to find the money. It's like, well, you couldn't have done this before Donna's big move last uh, episode. Like, I would have loved to see that kind of more as a finale than this. Yeah. I mean, if anything, like this felt like we got into everything that was going on with Lewis in the midseason finale. But then this was kind of like a throwback to everything that we were dealing in the first half of season four, as opposed to anything that was going on over the last six episodes of the show. Felt a little out of place. Yeah. Like uh, you could have bumped this up a couple more episodes and it would have been like a little bit tied in a little bit more. But, you know, I, I guess I, I, I just I don't think there's any world where we don't see more enforcement. And so maybe they're setting him up as like mm -hmm. his return in season five. He's going to come back, you know, mightier than ever, yeah. with, you know, to get revenge on Harvey and potentially Marcus. So. Harvey ends up having to borrow money. We see a very similar move from what Charles Forsman tries to do with Mike, where he's like, hey, you need to go ahead and uh, take this job offer, uh, give you a million dollars. And Harvey's like, well, I don't know, but he needs to get that money for his brother Marcus so his brother Marcus can open up a restaurant with $150,000 to get him out of being a degenerate gambler. He agrees finally to go with Charles Forsman and then sees that the money came from a very shady trade that he made, uh, Charles Forsman made based off of like some uh, stock information that Harvey had, which then could have gotten Harvey into some uh, big trouble. But at the end of the episode, when Harvey calls his brother, it does sound like Harvey's gamble worked and that it seems like that Marcus is like in a pretty good place. Yeah, Harvey does not have a gambling problem because Harvey wins. Yes. Marcus has a gambling pro problem and Harvey gave Because he loses. Har well, but Harvey says, I gave him the problem. And that's why he feels so invested in this. And I'm thinking, how did you give him a gambling problem? I would really like more information about that. Uh, because when he calls him at the end of the episode, yeah, 
Harvey was right about Marcus. All he needed was that one break. He needed to get that restaurant off the ground and he would never be the same. And, you know, Jessica didn't believe in Harvey in the moment. And now Jessica even is like, yeah, I see that Marcus paid off for you in the long run. But it was such a gamble um, because it sounds like Marcus is one of those people who was always just like once the gambling problem kicked in, he was always down on his luck, trying to make ends meet, you know, using the money for random other things. But now he has a family and everything. Um, So I'm sure we'll see more of Marcus. But I think Marcus enforcement storylines are now tied together. Right. Because we know that Marcus doesn't end up in this situation if Harvey doesn't make his big move with enforcement. So I could see us seeing them both return for season five. How about how Harvey ends up wrapping up the Forceman thing where he like invites or if Charles Forceman comes to his office and doesn't realize, you know, that Harvey is going to be wearing a wire as he's monologuing. It does feel like a little bit like how we wrapped up everything with Stephen Huntley back in uh, season three, right? Where it's like, oh, you do realize all the conversations in this room are recorded, right? It's like, oh, I can't believe it. I gave away all the information. Yeah. And, you know, you would think we'd see people wearing a wire more often on this show, you know, because they're, they're constantly talking about their evil plans. Um, it's always like, well, that's off the record. Or I covered up the little speaker so you couldn't hear me. And, you know, Jessica and Harvey, they're really trained with not actually saying the thing. They're always like, well, that didn't happen. But if it did, X, you couldn't get us anyway because mm-hmm. of X, Y, Z. Forrestman is not a lawyer. So I guess he doesn't know to not be as cocky as he is. Now, He's a that pretty is shady one of the, guy, though. You would think he would know not to admit your crimes. I think it's just hubris. I think that at some point, why did he show up at Harvey's office? Like It didn't seem like Harvey summoned him. It, sound, it looked like he showed up to gloat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm here. I saw you went to Eric Woodall. He told me. So I'm pulling up. What you doing over there? Investigating me? Aha, aha. You ain't never going to get me because of what I did to your brother. It's like Harvey knew he was coming because he had the wire on and Sean Cahill was there. So mm-hmm. it's like they just counted on him being a big jackass and, you know, being so full of himself that he thought he was untouchable. And and that's exactly what happened. So the wire pays off. Um, Apparently, Harvey got the idea from Wall Street. A uh, a movie that um, Forceman watches. What do you say every month to remind himself some things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a Wall Street guy. I've never seen it. Yeah, I think it's a movie Michael Douglas from the 80s. Uh, I think it's famous for uh, Gordon Gecko. He said greed is good, uh, and but to Charles Forceman that he's even like uh, you know Gordon Gecko is mostly thought of as a pretty like despicable guy, but for Charles Forsman, he thinks that guy is a p-word. Yeah, he's he like he ain't got he's nothing. He ain't got nothing on on uh, Forsman. Forsman actually told Harvey that his gardener makes five hundred thousand dollars a year, and I was like, anybody hiring a, a gardener, mm-hmm. I'll take, I'll yeah. do it. Five hundred five hundred thousand, I'll do it. But I'll do it right now. Probably says like sign off on some pretty shady deals. That's fine. It's his gardening. <laughs> I'm a gardener, sir. There's probably some bodies buried out there. You don't have to say anything about it. That's you fine. Knew. You were an accessory now. But yeah. I'll take I'll, you, you planted 000? a tree and then also, you know, one of my ex-wives back there. And now, and now you're an accessory. So and now you can go to jail. But I'm like, but five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Just saying. I, I think we can negotiate around that. Um 
yeah, Forceman in this episode was very weird. He, you know, we saw kind of like his tactics again at play where he goes and gets somebody who needs him. He finds out what they need and then he uses it against them uh, by throwing his money at whatever their problem is and then making it very difficult for them to go back on the deal. And so here he pays Marcus the money, the $150,000 he, he wanted to give, that Harvey wanted to get for him, even though Harvey didn't want to do it. He mm -hmm. already gave him the money. And now you can't take the money back from him because he's a gambler. And if you take the money back from him, he's going to blame you. And then also he's going to go gamble to get the money. And that's going to put your brother in an even tighter spot. And so Harvey has to uh, relinquish all his power here to force men. And so I guess this is why they've been beefing for so long. But they made it sound like Harvey um, had done something to force men and force men wanted revenge on Harvey. Mm -hmm. But we didn't see that in this episode. It it definitely felt like Harvey got uh like got duped by Forceman, and Forceman you know goes off without a hitch. You know like there's no issue here. But we saw when Lewis goes to Forceman, he's like, "Don't you want to get revenge on Harvey?" And Forceman's like, "I'm listening." And so I want to know if there's any more to this storyline, or if they don't see each other again until the Lewis storyline pops up. Yeah, and when did? Uh, Forceman get the Aston Martin from, or Harvey get the uh, Forceman right. Aston Martin. When when does that come up in the backstory? Right. I thought this was, I was like, when they race, are they about to, is he about to get the car from him? I just don't understand. And so mm -hmm. I, I know there's more Forceman to be seen moving forward. Maybe like Harvey's going to steal like the Aston Martin from Charles Forceman and say like, uh, you can, uh, I'll keep the car. You keep the money. Like, I don't know, but uh, yeah, but maybe just more reasons to bring Forceman back to get that part of the backstory. Of course. Yeah. I will see him soon. He he's vowed to get revenge and I'm sure he'll be back. Chappelle, who should get the Liddy for the season four finale of Suits? I think Harvey um, is kind of like disqualified for Harvey the, took the biggest L. No, he's fumbling done. the bag. I yeah, mean, he's done. He took the biggest L. Lewis, Donna left him. Lewis does get Donna. I think maybe I don't know if we want to give it to Donna for leaving Harvey no, and going to Lewis. No. Uh, Mike and Rachel. Messy. Mike and Rachel have a happy ending. Jessica's kind of not around in this episode. She's just moping. She's very sad. Jeff Malone is She can't gone. get her Harvey, head straight. Harvey's like, I just need you to help me get my head in the game. She goes, honestly, bruh, I don't even know what to tell you. I can't even call it. Good luck. Mm. And he's like, damn. You know, she's just in her office drinking. That's what she does now. She just chills and drinks a little bit, you know, trying to, to drown her sorrow. So, no, Jessica's out. I kind of want to get this one to Rachel. Uh, I think Mike does get the proposal going, and that's great for him. But I also think, you know, things were bleak for Rachel and Mike, and it wasn't because of Mike. And so mm -hmm. I think that if Rachel has now ingratiated herself back in with Harvey. It seems he's acknowledging her existence again. Uh, and then uh, she got the ring, you know, uh, and she did a great job in the case here, um, most importantly. And so I think Rachel Zhang gets the lady here. And I don't know. It's probably been a while since she's gotten one. Yeah, I'm not even sure she's gotten one in season four, um, but I think we can uh, figure that out as we start to put together the numbers here for uh, season four. So uh, Patty, the junior partner, uh, that mm -hmm. she she worked on our season uh, our season totals, and so for Rachel, she had one Liddy earlier in the season uh, back in episode three of season four. Uh, the runaway winner for season five uh, was Harvey. Uh, so good job by Harvey. Uh, nobody else, I think, had more than two throughout the season. 
Yeah, Harvey was racking him up. It was a Harvey-heavy episode because, remember, Harvey was fighting for everybody else's life, right? He was fighting against Mike Ross and beating up on him. He's fighting for Donna and, and, and you know, and winning stuff for her. So there were a lot of opportunities for, for Harvey to win this, uh, whereas Rachel was, like, cheating and stuff, you know, and then Mike was out here losing the fights against Harvey and promising people's companies that they were going to be saved. Jessica was in a relationship with with Jeff Malone, so she basically just qualified. Where the hell is Katrina? Scotty got excommunicated. You know, this mm-hmm. was the Harvey season, and I think it, it's probably about right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Harvey has opened up uh, on the all-time lead on Mike Ross. Uh, he's got about five Liddy lead all-time. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think, uh, well, it's a five prior to the, what, to the ones we just gave him today? Yeah, all time. Uh, I mean, that, all time, yeah. Because yeah. we didn't give him the one for today. So, yeah, all time for uh, for Harvey. I like it. I think Harvey, what, 16? It's not, not a bad look for the league. 16 or 17. Uh, so, yeah, pretty good job by Harvey. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking at the, at the cast here for this episode, it just feels like this was the Rachel episode, but it's no shock to me that Harvey's been leading them. One uh, scene that I did want to point out, Rob, was that when Lewis and Donna go to the funeral home or whatever yeah. to get the urn for um, for uh, Norma, Lewis shows his ass. Like, he is just upset. And Rob, I have done this before. Yes. Um, yeah, so when my grandfather passed, I was probably like in my early 20s and I was very upset about some things. And so I went to the funeral home and they were trying to tell me how much they were charging us for all the funeral costs. And like, oh, we, we charge you per letter for the damn casket and the engraving, all this other stuff. And I just kind of went left on the guy. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. say, man. I was like, uh, we, we, we bury a lot of my family here. We'll be back. You ain't got to break us on my papa. We, like, Everyone else is going to die one day, too. You'll get your money. And uh, they were really upset with me because it was like a family business that uh, like we always go to or whatever, I'm assuming. Uh, and that was the first time they had allowed me to go in there. So me and the uh, <laughs> me and the guy had it, at, had at it a little bit. We good now. Me and the company are yeah. good now. But uh, make no mistake, I feel Lewis because uh, some of that stuff do kind of feel like some some shysty like robbery because people be dying you know what i'm saying like bro like i don't know how much money you plan on yeah. making off of people's deaths but it felt a little tacky to me no no doubt and uh i'm sure like uh, you know the one time that i went through that was uh when my dad uh passed away and we had like a uh you know a family member who was in the business we felt like a little bit more of some like uh like we didn't feel feel like that we were gonna be getting ripped off but i think that you know you're really in a very vulnerable position Uh, but i don't think that that's what lewis was going for i I don't think that this was a financial issue for lewis i think that he was like just in his feelings about a lot of the other things yeah and i think i was too you think i was paying for the funeral that's true i was in there 25 years old like what the fuck is this you know i was throwing a fit but Mm -hmm. you know it's just those moments are really emotional and so watching lewis break down i think they're doing really good work rob we're trying to like re uh ingratiate lewis back into you know the cast and with this like you know like with this tragedy it does make the viewers kind of be like huh i forget that lewis was a jackass four episodes ago but mm-hmm. I don't, Rob. I don't forget. Yeah. I haven't forgotten. And I think that he still hasn't done enough for me. And with this new Donna move, I'm I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it. I think, Lewis, if you need a, a, a secretary, you need to go find one. Taking Harvey's and you know how much 
emotional and professional, you know, baggage they're going to be between him and Donna. I think it's kind of messy. Don't love it from Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start to get into some feedback from the listeners. Uh, Felipe writes in and says, anyone else super unsatisfied with how quickly they resolved the Lewis becoming partner fallout? It feels so unearned how quickly they all just forgave him. He was horrendous and it felt so brushed over. Jeff Malone for once is the only one making sense. Yeah. Yeah. They just they let it go. And I and I guess at some point they kind of have to because what you're gonna do? Just hope that he finally atones. Like what does he gotta do to to win y'all back over? Is he just gotta like beg for forgiveness every day? Mm-hmm. Eventually you gotta get back to work. But it does feel very, very rushed. Like Lewis was hell on earth for at least three episodes of my life, and I hated him every second of it. He's also screwed up a lot. And so I've, you know, been very upset with Lewis, you know, but they're the ones who got to work with them. And I think that you you really, like, you need Lewis to be a part of the principal cast. And if he's a villain working there, the show doesn't really work. So they have to figure out a way to make him not Daniel Hardman. And so this this works, I guess. But I do want to see that they're not, like, all completely back to warm feelings, right? Like, season five, I would love to see people still bringing up the fact that Lewis is a jackass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could come up every once in a while. Um, yeah. Some questions also about the uh, recent episodes. Um, this is one, uh, that we got from Doug who says, when is Harvey going to start training Mike on something he really needs like boxing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going, this is going back to when, uh, Lewis beat him up. Another case of Mike getting beat up this time by Lewis. Come on, Mike, stand up, go out and learn some basic self-defense. I mean, at this point, see, that's the other thing too. Harvey likes to fight. And so of course he does. He's been in boxing gyms since he was a kid. So, yeah, fighting is, like, normal for him. Mike Ross wants to be Harvey so bad, but he hasn't done what Harvey has done to prep. Harvey is always offering violence as an alternative to the law. He's like, hey, I'm going to put you on the stand, or I'm going to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, that was like the Harvey, like, you know, pocketbook. Like, that's where he goes, like, reach in and whoop out, pull out an ass whooping. And Mike wants to be like that. He wants to be like, and I'm going to kick your ass if you don't do something. Okay, Mike. Well, get in the ring, get in the gym or something like that. Stand up. You got you to gotta stand up for yourself at the very least. And now you engaged. Listen, don't be getting engaged if you can't protect your wife. You know, like, dang, if she, <laughs> she watch you get beat up by Lewis, she might go to him too. Like, you think Donna left? Shoot, yeah. Rachel going to be on the first thing out of here. Logan Logan, Logan Sanders could have beat Mike ass. He just mm-hmm. didn't. Um, so I'm just saying, you don't be out here getting beat up by the ex. All right. Colleen talked about the whole saga with uh, the train and Donna, and she said, no way a receptionist of a secure facility would be scared enough to give a yelling Donna those documents. She would have let her call her supervisor because she's losing her job without approval. That one was a stretch. Yeah. Um, losing your job without approval. But I mean, this is this is suits. This is what they do. They just make up shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> you um, can go. Also, Colleen said that I love Donna, but she's turned into a Budinsky into every Thank single you. person's affairs. It's not fun anymore. It's borderline insane. Colleen, it's like you you know me. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, what is her job? Donna, what do you actually do when you clock in? What have yeah, you get done? Get ready, That's- Lewis. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Lewis is going to find out very quickly that Donna is very good at her job, but also he's never going to be able to make a decision on his own again because the mm-hmm. moment she opens, he like he opens his door, she's going to be right there being like, Lewis, you can't do that. Lewis, you need to call such and such. Lewis, you need to go make up with Harvey. Lewis, you need to let Mike Cross go. Blah, blah, blah. Like she's going to be right there up his ass. And I really hope, I really hope that we get to see some of this uh, because Donna seems to be perfect, but we see that she is not. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be some residual, you know, uh, well, some side effects from having Donna as a legal secretary, and I would love to see it. Okay, Chappelle, anything else you want to bring up here today for the season four finale? I thought it was a weak finale. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Uh, how, how did season four stack up against the other seasons for you, Rob? Because we we have some good mess in the middle of it, but the finale <sighs> kind of leaves me wanting more. Yeah, I felt like that. You know, we had something going on with the. Mike and Harvey on opposite sides for the whole uh, beginning of season four. But then and then they like patch things up. uh, Patrick J. Adams things up uh, very quickly. And then they were just back to normal. And then we had the Lewis uh, situation, which it was very good. That was uh, probably the high point of season four. But then we also did patch that up very quickly uh, as we got to the end of uh, season four. So. I'm trying to think of, I was going to rank the seasons. Um, I don't know. Maybe season two was my favorite of uh, the seasons. I guess that if we just talked it through season one was just sort of like, you know, case of the week. Uh, Season two was like the Daniel Hardman era and everything that was going on uh, there, which I really did enjoy. Uh, Season three was everything with Ava Hessington and all of that. And then at the the back half of season three was everything going on with Lewis discovered the Harvard of it all. And we brought in uh, the professor for the first time. Um, I think that maybe uh, two, three, four, one. Two, three, four, one. Uh, I don't know. Season one is kind of the. It's they were the, close. You know? It's not like that one season was great and any season was bad. Yeah, four, four, did, four got some good. Like, oh yeah, we getting into the mess, you know. But I think, yeah, I think the Mike and Harvey not in the same spot doesn't really work. It worked a little bit because they were at you know at odds, but I don't think it really works because you know they wanted to be back together anyway. I think Rachel cheating kind of was like, yeah, it's fine. Lewis as the supervillain was probably the like the best drama because mm-hmm. everybody was so annoyed. Like it gave you something to complain about. Um, so yeah, season four, I probably rank it around the, like in the middle, but it is the like the most so- soap opera you know version of Suits that we've gotten so far. Yeah, I think my favorite versions of Suits is when that everybody in the suits universe is on the same page, uh, working against a external antagonist as opposed to them fighting with each other. Yeah. We need, they need a bad guy. They need mm-hmm. like a, like a, like a villain. They need a force man. They need a, a Cahill or whoever the case may be. Travis Tanner, Daniel Hardman, you know, they need somebody that they can all rally against. Um, and they just haven't had that since really like uh, Darby Huntley, mm-hmm. the, you know? So I think, yeah, this is, this is like the civil war season of suits. And now they're coming out on the other side of this and they should be stronger. And I mean, Harvey and Donna obviously will not be, but Mike and Rachel being on the same page is going to be nice. Cause then maybe Mike will be better at his job. Rachel will be done with school one day. And so maybe she too will be a good asset to the firm when they go up against people. I don't know if we'll ever see Katrina again, but I don't know we'll if we'll see. ever see Scotty again either. But, you know, I think that the core group we have... She did pop in for one time in season four. 
She did, but she was like, never again. And I don't know, I don't even know if I believe her. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if Harvey and Jessica can get on their P's and Q's, I think that this might be the strongest the season, like the, the cast has ever been. Um, but we shall see. Yeah. All right. So, Chappelle, we will find out where we go in season five tomorrow when we kick off season five, episode one, as we work our way towards the middle point here of suits. Uh, this was episode. Number, uh, let me see. I guess that's uh, what's uh, what's 16 times four. Uh, this was uh, six episode 64. 64, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Boom, all right. Uh, so as we get closer and closer to uh, our halfway point of suits, uh, this was uh, from this episode was aired on March 4th, uh, 2015. Not just a pretty Man. face. Not just a pretty face. March 4th, 2015. Okay. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah. we got our goddamn counters and stuff like that. Harvey, if when, I mean, so Harvey. Harvey. Rob, when we started this, right, when we started this, I was, I could have sworn that Harvey was saying, goddamn, at least six six times an episode. Um, turns out, damn it, goddamn, dams, all that still pales in comparison to the amount of bullshits they say on this show. Mm-hmm. Um even pop culture references. Matter of fact, you could add all the pop culture references uh, and uh, and the hookups and uh, the secrets that might get out. Thank, shout out to Patty. Add them all together, and you still wouldn't have the amount of bullshit that they've said on this show. Yeah. Um, very funny that that's the curse word they, they lean on the most. They love it. Um, they do. So actually, so this is episode number uh, sixty overall. I think there's twelve episodes, or, or maybe uh, uh, did they count the first episode as two? I think season one might only at twelve, not sixteen. Gotcha. So we're at episode 60. Yeah. And we got, you know, so we're almost 67 is the halfway point. So we'll do that as we get towards the middle of season five. All right. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you and everything you're doing? Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. And I'll tweet out the links to all the other podcasts I'm doing. Look, we're going to season five. It would only be fitting if the appropriate gift to get us for getting to season five would be a five-star rating. Go to suitspodcast.com and do that for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate it greatly. Been a very fun ride uh, so far. Looking forward to seeing where we go in season five as uh, we follow along our journey, the middle season of nine coming up in the next episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 